Yeah, you don't have to be an established investor in any way in order to get started with land flipping. You don't have to have any sort of credit, credentials. I don't care if you've never done a deal. It's, you know, if you bring a deal, it's, a deal. Uh, it's about the deal. It's not about anything else. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. It is. You've got to mix it up. Although you're a creature of habits, so you say a, the same thing every single time. And I our probably listeners expect the same thing each time. And I probably say the same thing about you saying the same thing every time. So probably. there's that. Yeah. So okay, I guess they're come to deep. expect it. Right. Yes. I know. You know, I saw someone uh, mention that what happened to the current topics or the in the news, real estate in the news. Uh-huh. And it's been boring. Yeah. We decided to, sh- to uh, shelf that for right now. Sometimes we might bring it if there's something that's actually interesting. Yeah. You know, and the other problem is that with this, we generally film these a week ahead of time. Right. So sometimes there's that lag between, you know, when, when it actually mm-hmm. goes out. So we're not publishing these a day later or something Right. Like and that, so we so. don't want to do like actual current current. Just yeah. more like if there's things happening. I mean, interest rates are still high. They should, might come down. Will that affect anything? Not that I'm- Do you care? I mean, I guess do well, you care? it does affect things, but you know, the land business, it doesn't affect it that much. Mm-hmm. So and our main as, business is land. You know? Right. And it's not as fast. Land doesn't have that faster fluctuation necessarily. Right. Yeah. The, not as volatile. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. The yes. fluctuation. <laughs> fluctuation? I, you know, I guess that's a word. But it was volatile is what I was going for. But, <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, today uh, we're, we're going to be starting a comparison series here. And this is the first of that series. And today we're kind of just looking at different real estate investing models and we're comparing two of the major ones at least major ones in our world mm-hmm. they would be land flipping versus multifamily real estate investing and you know this kind of was spurred um, by the fact that a lot we've seen an influx of people that have been in, that are established real estate investors but from different realms or mm-hmm. niches, I guess you would say. Or yeah. What? Are, how else do people say niche? Niche. Niche. Well, some people say niches, but mm-hmm. I like the term riches and niches, and it doesn't rhyme if you say niche. Oh my god, I know something else that rhymes with that whole thing, but I'm not going to say it. So, <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. So we thought, well, that's a that's an interesting take on it, and and it seems to be of interest. So if you're kind of a a someone who's in other real estate niches, and you're, this looks interesting to you, this series is going to be even more interesting. Yeah, that's right. And and one of those things is there's lots of different ways to make money in lots. real estate. Huh? Did I say loss? No, you said uh, lots, like oh. real estate lots. Are we oh, trying to yeah. be like <laughs> that's clever? Good. I didn't even get that. Yes. Mm-hmm. There are lots or many different ways to make money in real estate investing. You know, there's not just one right way, r- one wrong way. There's the way that we like to make money and there, mm-hmm. there's the ways that other people like uh, make money. <laughs> so not wake money. Uh, so what we're going to do is kind of highlight those differences, give some pros and cons, you know, pros of land flipping, cons of land flipping, pros of multifamily real estate investing, and the cons of it as well. And then we'll kind of just do an overall comparison. So, uh, you know, maybe both are part of your strategy. It's kind of part of our strategy as well. We've got some land flipping. We've got lots of land flipping, but we also dabble in the world of multifamily real estate investing as well. Right. And we've flipped houses before. We've we bought a motel. We've done, you know, other things too. So we understand that rental properties, just single family 
We understand a lot of the different things. Um, I know commercial is interesting to you. That's what you mm, want to really yes. get into. I guess yeah. technically we've gotten into commercial, but not the type of commercial that you're talking about. The other thing I, I really like that you pointed out is that this is how we do it. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so our goal is that maybe we'll say something, you know, like old school message boards, or even today you'll read a bunch of people, thoughts of people, and some of it you'll kind of dismiss, but maybe there's that one sentence you're like, wait a minute. And it might not even be exactly what they said, but it triggered something in your mind. And that's what we hope that this does. Right. You know, so if you're doing something and uh, I hope you're doing it even better than us, like that's, I love that, you know, so we share, share what's working for us in the hopes that it, you know, you can copy our exact system. That's cool. Um, Or you can take it and make it your own or it just triggers a, a thought that isn't even specific to this. Like I like, I think it's important to point out that there's so many different ways to do it and, and we want you to succeed however that looks. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, you know, we're talking today about land flipping and multifamily apartment investing, but even within those niches, there's many, many sub niches and there's many ways to do those strategies right. uh, different from, from what other people do. Yeah. And it comes down to your comfort and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to take my watch off. I don't know if other people get distracted. I'm easily distracted. Oh. That thing buzzes and I'll, I'll forget. What are you getting? Whatever. Messages and things like that? Oh, yeah. So, so important. Someone on my, yeah. uh, my watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does that. And I'll be like, my train of thought's gone. So, so anyways, let's, you want to get into it? Or what, what yeah. actually, there were, actually, I want to start. So like we do, I know we've got a lot of new viewers. Who are you and what do you do? Oh, okay. Well, my name is Pete Reese and I flip land. Obviously, I do some more more than just flipping land, but Mm -hmm. our main business is a land flipping business. And what land flipping is, is essentially we're buying properties off market generally. Uh, 99.9% of the time we're buying properties off market. And then we are doing sometimes some minor value add type things to these properties, meaning sometimes we'll do some improvements to these properties. Uh, Many times we will not. And then we will put them on the market and resell them. The goal on these are short, quick flips, meaning 90 days or less is our goal. And our goal as well is to double our money on each of our investments. If we can double our money in 90, every 90 days, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good return. <laughs> Understatement of the year, but yeah. Yes. Okay. So you've been doing, you're also a licensed uh, broker in California, but you yes. don't practice that kind of. Right. You just here and there, uh, mm-hmm. just when things come up, I don't work with clients. Uh, we've got some of our own properties and things that I do some stuff with, and I like having access to the MLS to look for deals and things like that as well. But that's not at all a focus at all. It used to be, used mm-hmm. to be my primary focus. I would, you know, I've done everything from bank owned REO listings to flipping homes for ourselves to finding deals for other investors for a long period of time to luxury real uh, real estate to short sales to short broker sales. price opinions yes lots of different things i'm just your um what is it called where like the person in the background is like you got you know what i mean reminding you of everything you've accomplished there's a there's a name for it you're my hype man yeah that's it i almost said pimp man but i was like that does not sound right you're not my pimp man <laughs> i mean someone said it's almost uh the way that heather teases pete it's almost like the married uh-huh. Yes. Oh, it is almost like we that. are married. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. 20. Don't remind me. No. Shut up. <laughs> almost 24 years. Wow. Uh, I know. Yeah. Go figure. And they said it wouldn't last. Yeah. At least they Who told said me that. that. Your mom? They, yeah, exactly. They were like, oh, are you sure? Uh, I thought that was really funny. Um, there was a couple other. I was trying to I, I meant to write all these funny comments down that people, I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly the truth. Thank you for noticing. You've done almost all, I hate saying everything, but you've done a lot of real estate. Done a lot of different things, yes. I feel like we've we've sucked a little piece of knowledge from every single thing that we've done. And mm. and I guess I take credit for everything you've done. I used to be a, re- a licensed real estate agent. I'm not anymore. Turns out I don't like working Refired with the, or the general public. Oh. Yeah. There was one month I was the top salesperson and it was the month that you didn't 
we weren't working we on that. And so oh, it was just me. Yeah. Anyways, another hidden you secret. You sold a good home that month. That was a good one. Thank An you. Expensive home. Yeah. Thank you for that. That that was not fun. But anyway, so I I like to do the back end of stuff. And for the for this, I'm just your co-moderator. Well, yeah, we we work together on our land flipping business, and you know we're kind of uh, the content side of things. Obviously, we we work together on that, and as well, uh, you kind of do the behind the scenes stuff in our land flipping so business. Much, meaning, yeah. meaning like you know you're in charge of all the money, which is the important thing. Yeah. He sends out all the money, uh, yeah. <laughs> handles all the bookkeeping, keeps all that straight as well. It's exciting for me, which is weird. And then our daughters too. So if you, I always like to point this out too, if you have um, kind of kids that have that kind of, that interest. mindset, mm-hmm. that interest, yeah. you know what I mean? That this is also a very viable thing to do together. Our, we have two daughters that also do it. And yeah, fact, actually, you know, while we're mm-hmm. talking about that, we have a previous episode of the Turning Profit oh, yeah. podcast where we had mm-hmm. our daughters on and we talked about their story. They took a a pool of $8,000 and they parlayed that into $84,000 by doing, I think, six land flips. So right. they just took that money and they multiplied it out. And who knows where they're going to take that in the future. Right. And um, it, the other thing is it teaches other skills. Like they had to read contracts. They had to, there, there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes that I think is invaluable because a lot of people don't get that experience until they buy their first home. And then you're really kind of yes. left in a lurch. But also um, our oldest daughter does moderate a talk with you. And what is that about? Oh, those are our our deal evaluation Zoom Mm -hmm. calls. So we have our community, which is called Land Conquest. And uh, if you're interested in land flipping at all, I highly suggest you join us. It's free over there. Just go to landconquest.com. There's an orange buttons all over that site. Just press one of those and that'll take you just to the free community to sign up. And um, then in the community, um, we do uh, a lot of different things. But one of the regular things we do there is uh, every couple of weeks, generally, we do a Zoom call or anyone from the community that wants to get on there, they submit their actual land flipping deals and I share my screen and go through, talk through each of these properties, evaluate them. Is it a property I would buy myself? Is it, uh, and if it was a property I'd be interested in buying, like what, what do I think I could resell it for? So the goal with that is to show you how to evaluate properties. And that's really one of the most valuable skills that you can learn. And then the community is also a free training program. I spent a lot, a lot of time putting that together. Now, it's a training program that you might get charged thousands of dollars elsewhere for, but we're giving it away absolutely free. And I think once you see it, you'll know that it's not just some junk free mm-hmm. throwaway course. Well, it takes you from wherever you are now to being a land flipper. Yeah. I mean, it has all the ins and outs. You Okay, and I always point out too, you give it away for free because we still benefit, we make money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a number of ways that we'll still make money mm-hmm. and, and uh, just we're not going to be selling that course. So, you know, our goal is to actually provide that to people free of no charge and they'll learn how to do the land flipping business and then we'll hopefully be able to provide them services in other ways. And a couple of those other ways that we've got uh, number one, first thing we've got up and going is our Partner with Pete program. Now, the Partner with Pete, Pete program is essentially a funding program, meaning that when you find a deal, a land flip deal, you submit it to the partnerwithpete.com site. I review that deal within 24 hours. And if it looks like a deal, I'll say, hey, let's let's do it. I will fund this deal. And the interesting thing about it or the, the thing that's unique from from other funding partners that are out there is that once we agree to do the deal, We'll take it and we'll do the rest of the whole process from there, meaning we'll do our whole due diligence process, hire a photographer. If we need like a perk test or something, we'll hire them. We we, pay for that. We pay for that. We'll do all of that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Uh, We'll close the deal. 
We'll get it relisted. Any value-add stuff that it needs, we'll pay for that as well. And then when we resell the property, we split the profits 50-50. That's it. Very simple. There's no downside risk at all for the investor. Nothing. Right. And we started that because a lot of people were like, we want to get into this, but we don't have necessarily enough money to be, we can advertise to get the deals, Mm -hmm. but we don't have the money to fund the deals. Right. And so we thought as we were creating the training program, like we needed to be able to remove every obstacle so that everyone has access. Yeah. And that's why we created it. And then on the flip side too, um, we fund them all with our own money. Occasionally we do bring in investors. We let them. Yeah. So, so what, like, you know, we, we've got our own pool of money that we use. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with this business, it's kind of erratic. Sometimes you're buying a ton of properties in a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're, you know, selling a ton of properties in a week. And sometimes it doesn't quite even out. So we also have a program where we're, uh, we've got some private lenders that we're working with where they'll they'll fund the deals for us and they, they get a really substantial rate of return. Better than what they're going to get. And how would a a potential lender reach out to you? Just go to our our website, Turning Profits, just lender.turningprofit.com. And then there's a a whole write-up on there the the exact terms of the program. So we don't 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 push that a lot. But but yes, but I am am actively, um, you know, talking to people and stuff Mm -hmm. about that right now. So I just asked that because then that'll also, we get a lot of emails like Mm -hmm. asking how I wanted to mention. Okay, so I think we covered all of that stuff. And was there anything I missed? I'm sure there are things you missed. I'll I'll think of it later. So we're going to get into this uh, land flipping versus multifamily apartment Mm -hmm. investing. And then stay tuned, though, because at the end of the podcast, we also highlight uh, questions from our community. We just screenshot them from our community, some some interesting ones, and then we'll answer them right on here. Right. And it's twofold because then you can also see if you're not part of the community, what is being discussed. What are in you there missing and, out on? And some of these questions are, it's easier for us to answer in longer form than just type a response. Yeah. And now Pete gave me, uh, as always, a cheat sheet here. So that's what I'm looking at when I look okay. down. If you're watching and if you're listening um, on to this podcast, you can also get a more dynamic experience. If you go to YouTube, what's that? Yeah, YouTube. And that's at Turning Profit. So just at Turning Profit, you'll you'll see our YouTube channel and you can see it on there. You can see us, what, what we look like and everything. And hopefully you won't be, you know, repu- repulsed by me. Uh, and she's you and your weird things. Um, <laughs> and he's really fun to, to take places. I don't let him out of the house too much because yeah, he just, you know, can't I, trust I what I embarrass say. her all the time. Oh, and if you like what Pete says, you can leave a five star review. Yeah, that would be great. Please don't review me. I'm I don't need to see those reviews. So let's get started. <laughs> Segment one, understanding rental properties. Yeah. So we're, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I, I figured we'd break this down first. Like what is multifamily rental properties? Like what, what is that all about? Mm-hmm. You know, basically when we're talking multifamily, generally we're looking at five plus units. So one to four is considered residential in the world of lending. Anything above Four units is considered multifamily or commercial. But which so, is interesting because in the world of real estate investing, anything that's over one is considered multifamily. That's, that's true. So if you're talking to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm into multifamily. They mm-hmm. might have a duplex. They might have a triplex. They might have a huge apartment building. Mm-hmm. If there's what would be like people, a sevenplex? What would that be called? Septiplex? An, an apartment building. <laughs> Septiplex. Yeah, an apartment building. I know. It, Octoplex. That could, I'm, I could be I mean, an octoplex investor. We like only invest that. in octoplexes. So let me call up some random people in random places and say, hey, you got any octoplexes available? That, that would I think be- I stumbled onto something, a new niche. So anyhow, Lord we, get, help us we get a little sidetracked sometimes. Uh, so, and, but that's why you created this to keep me from, you know, yes. following shiny gotta objects. Keep you on track, and then you Heather. do this. Gotta I keep know. you on track. So are we talking, when, when we're talking about 
multifamily, do you want us only to be talking about four plus or five uh, plus? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess for this discussion, that's what we're going to focus on. The that larger, sucks. you know, huh? I'm what? sorry, what? Okay. Anyhow, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We could do smaller multifamily investing on a different episode. How about that, Heather? Whatever. Okay. Well, so we're going to be talking about these because, uh, first of all, what is that? I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at renting these you know, these are residential units, apartments that you're renting to people, and you're just kind of doing it on a bigger scale. You're not doing one at a time. You're doing multiple multiple units at the same time. You've got them all grouped together at the same property. Easier to manage than having ten homes all over the all over the city, something like that. You know, when there's a repair, you could send them out to one place, and maybe they can work on a few things while they're there instead of like driving all over town. And normally, I mean, if you look at it, a single family residence might be. Let's, I'm going to pick a random thing. Let's say it's a five hundred thousand dollar thing, you know. And then if you looked at the a condo, you if you're comparing apples to oranges or apples to apples or oranges, or whatever, a condo is normally cheaper, right? Right. Even if it's the same square feet, even it's normally cheaper, theoretically. So then, if you take that same system and you think, okay, then an apartment building, if you were to take the square footage, you're going to get a lot better bang for your buck. Yeah. And you're going to have one central system for a lot of different things. You're going to have one area you go to. You're not going to be, you know, driving around to ten different houses. Like it is. If you're looking at resource usage, to have one apartment building with five apartments in it versus five single families. Yeah. But on the flip side, the appreciation for those five single families is probably way greater than the appreciation. It depends. Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. It depends. And that's the whole mm-hmm. game of multifamily real estate mm-hmm. investing. The goal for a lot of investors is to force appreciation. Right. So it's no. like a value add as right. opposed to just sitting and letting the market do it. Yeah. Did I, I just jump ahead? Well, kind of, but that that's okay. That's that's the real difference between mm-hmm. commercial, you know, the five plus units and, and the one to four units. Mm-hmm. One to four units are, the value is pretty much based off of comps. You know, like what did that fourplex you know, over the uh, two streets over sell for. In multifamily five plus, multifamily investing five plus, you're looking at the numbers. So it, it's based off of cap rate generally, which basically is a mathematical equation where the more profit you make, the more the, the more the building is actually worth. So you've got stuff like variables in that, like the, the monthly rental amount, the management fee, the expenses, you know, like, are you paying for the water bill or the tenants paying for the water bill? electricity, like uh, landscaping, everything, like all that gets into the equation. And the more profit you can show for a property, the more that property will be valued. So there's all kinds of things that you can do to kind of tweak those numbers and improve the value of a property without actually a lot of times even doing any physical repairs to them. You know, uh, multi, you know, like uh, single family homes, you really got to, a lot of times you've got to really improve the property physically in order to to increase that, to force that appreciation. But in the multifamily space, you can do a lot of other things that are not essentially, you know, like physically improving the property. Right. So. You know, there's a couple things that jump up out at me. Um, I lived in apartments that my family owned, like my, my dad's side, uh, all the brothers shared this asset uh, once their mother had passed. Actually, maybe she was still alive, but they had uh, garages that were empty uh. that just 
were nothing. Mm. Like, okay, so that could have been something that they rented out. Like you could pay extra for a garage, right? Right, Or parking spaces. I've seen a lot of times that they you have to pay for, you know, if you want more than your one parking or two parking spaces, whatever. But one thing that they did, this was back in the 90s that I thought was a lot of the other complexes didn't do was that they brought in those coin-operated laundry machines. Mm, yes. And that actually made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But so none of those things were, okay, so you'd have to add the laundry machines, but that that's not something that was like, they weren't remodeling. That wasn't the theory. It wasn't like you're going to upgrade the landscape. You know what I mean? You can't do that with a single family. Can you imagine like, hey, I'll rent this out. No, we're going to include the washer and dryer. <laughs> you a know? coin washer and dryer. Yeah. Now. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. No, I have heard of ones where they, they lease it to the tenants, the uh-huh. washer and dryer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's like, oh, do you want an extra $15 a month and you can get this? Mm-hmm. I probably would have done that as a college student. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My family wouldn't have charged me. That would have been rude, but <laughs> they um, might have. <laughs> they might have. <laughs> Wrong side. But anyways, the um, it's like it's funny when you start looking at that. What are some other things that jump out at you though? Is the you mean how you can prove those properties? Yeah. Or? Like what do you think? Yeah. Instantly? Well, What's there's there's all kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. one of the big things are utilities. You know, you can transfer. You can you know sometimes you'll go you'll buy a property and like these these multifamily investors will buy a property and they'll look at things like. Who's paying the utilities? Okay, the landlord's paying the utilities. The first thing they might do is go to try to shift that to the tenant responsibility. Maybe they have to get separate electric meters, meters yeah. set up uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. But if they can transfer that uh, cost to the tenants instead of them paying that, mm-hmm. they're instantly improving their bottom line, their, their net profit on that property. Can be things like, you know, they could gradually start bumping up rents. You know, uh, maybe they're below market rents. That's mm-hmm. that one of the easiest strategies. Like, say you, you find a building and they're all like below market rents. Like, there's nothing wrong with the property at all. They're just charging less than what the market is because the landlord, you know, maybe they're just really focused on keeping those same tenants and keeping them happy. And they'd rather... They'd rather charge a below market rent and, you know, just just keep their units full. So there's different strategies. So you could gradually start mm-hmm. bumping up their rents over time. You could do things like. I'm going to cut you off real quick because that is so important. Like what you just, will you remember that? What your next sure. thought was, mm-hmm. was when you said the, you discount that a lot of people will do the, the easy way out, even though it doesn't maximize the profit. And there's crossover on for the land stuff with that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think that like, to me, it's like. No, they're not going to be charging less. Again, I have family members that were charging way under market for rental properties. Well, why? Then we'd have to find somebody new or what? I'm like, did you ever ask them? No. I'm like, what if they said yes? Like, we're not talking like you have to increase it like, you know, 150%, like the small increments, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's a, a big real estate company up in Orange County and they, in their leases, they say like upfront, hey, there's going to be an increase. Yeah, there's going to be a 3% increase every year or something uh-huh. like that. And it's just known. And you know that it's not terrible. It's not enough mm-hmm. to make you say, okay, I'm not going to like renew, but it, it's being upfront. Right. So it's like you could even say, like, even if you got this, you could say, hey, I'm, we're going to your next renewal. I just want to let you know upfront. So you have like, you know, however much time it's going to go up this. Right. And of course, there's different municipalities have the cap on it so mm-hmm. that it's not atrocious. But but there's a lot of people that undercharge just because it's the easy way. Mm-hmm. That's the most basic thing. Figure out what they're charging and if it's, you know, yeah, or do some basic repairs even. to Yeah, basic repairs. Mm-hmm. You could upgrade units. You, you could start chipping away and upgrading units as they become vacant. Uh, you could be doing things like renting out those garages, you know, like all kinds of creative ideas, like a lot of these multifamily investors do. Storage. Some, storage. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes there's valuable roof space in some of these areas where they'll, 
you know, rent out the roof space or lease out the roof space to like a cell phone tower, you know, all kinds of different things that that happen like that or allow some signage on their property if it's on a major road, you know, where they're selling billboard space or mm-hmm. something like that. Like there's all kinds of ways to to kind of really work it. The one thing that is different and one thing about it is it's a, it's a longer term game. It's not a situation where you're going to be able to drastically improve that, you know, those numbers on that property in a short amount of time. I think old me liked that idea that I get in there, do all this kind of stuff. And it would be like within months. And I've come to realize that's not the case. Yeah. It is slower. But when you think about you, Max, there's going to be that sweet spot where it's like, okay, it's going to be making more and more. And you're like, wait, this is, this is a really good investment. Mm-hmm. And it, it is like that they pay off the mortgage on it. I don't like saying it like that, but like you use the rent collected to pay yeah, off the, yeah. you I know, mean, that's, that would be the goal, you know, mm-hmm. to get the, to get your tenants to pay for the, the mortgage and all the property expenses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that you have that additional cash flow. Now, you know, some properties that's, that's possible. Some areas it's, it's not quite possible, especially mm-hmm. if you're buying super premium, you know, class A type properties, meaning like very new, very, very fancy and everything. Like you're going to have less of a return on those type of properties, but you have a better asset uh, that is probably more turnkey and uh, just less of a return than, than some of the, you know, maybe more questionable neighborhoods mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. It's more, it'll be, it's a slower buildup, mm-hmm. you know, and also you have less repairs. Yeah. So sometimes it's worth it. And then if you use it to tax advantage uh, ways, it can still be yes. profitable. And that's, that. that's a big th- the thing about it too. Like there are a lot of tax advantages that come with multifamily real estate investing. Mm-hmm. So 1031 exchanges uh, can be used a lot. You know, that could be something that, um, as you're selling a property, you could take that money and exchange it into another property without actually getting taxed on those, uh, you know, those profits that you made. But the other thing is you get a depreciation. And if you're a real estate professional, you can also get accelerated depreciation. So those types of things uh, really help offset other uh, income that you may be getting. So that's another big reason why people uh, love multifamily real estate investing as well. Yeah, it's interesting because we were talking about this um, over the past few days about how some people's, you know, nine to five job actually hurts them mm-hmm. because they can't be real estate professionals. Yeah. If this is what, the, you know, I mean, I'm not saying quit your job and to do that, but it's interesting how that can have a negative effect. And then there are, there's the negatives. You have to deal with ten- tenants. Right. You wrote some other things, potential vacancies. Yes. And then private equity, real estate, um, complexities. Depending on how big you go on these properties, mm-hmm. you know, you could be either, you know, financing these through maybe a local bank or some other type of lender that specializes in these multifamily type properties. Uh, Once you get into the bigger properties, you've got more complexities. You've got, you're probably dealing with some private lenders for pieces of that. Could be the whole thing. It could be a fund you're dealing with. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to put these deals together, but say you're buying a $10 million apartment building, not a lot of people that have got $3 million in cash to put down as, as a down payment or even more into, you know, three, $4 million in cash and down mm-hmm. payment. So what they do is there's, you know, they take out a loan for that, you know, 60, 65, 70%, that big chunk of it. But then they either raise money for that down payment, you know, pooling with other investors, either through a syndication or a fund or something like that, or they're, they're putting it down themselves, which is, which is possible. You know, sometimes they 1031 exchange from something else into that, but it's, it's more complex and, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to build up to it too. You can't, you got to have like a track record in order to get to that level. There's also people that will 
um, lend themselves as kind of the forget the term off the top of my head, but they're basically the money people. The, yeah, the money people like they'll kind of like almost uh, they'll guarantee they'll sign for the loan and everything mm-hmm. like that, but they're going to want a portion of equity in the deal. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's like that, a fund manager in a sense. Yeah, I mean it's possible to put all these parts of the deals mm-hmm. together. Uh, it just gets more complex, especially the bigger you get. The smaller properties are def- are, are not as complex with the financing side of things. But as you want, you want to start stepping up, you know, as you start increasing your business and that, that's where the complexities come in. Yeah. And I would say too, at that point, you, you're having a full maintenance team. You're, ha- you're, it's a business. You're going to have property manager. You're In-house have, management. Yeah. Probably. You would need someone yeah. at the desk, you know, yeah. to handle that. Taking in the rent collections. Cause you, there will be people that won't pay. It's a business. You're starting a whole, mm-hmm. each, each large property, especially is like a, its own business. I think that maybe a 20 unit you could get away with probably outside stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's people who that this is all they do. They would know. No, it's up to 43. I can do with whatever, exactly, you know, yeah. but over that I have to yeah, have. And, and different uh, kind of gurus in the space kind of recommend different breakpoints for that, mm-hmm. you know, in-house yeah. versus, you know, and I would, outside. And you kind of run it like an HOA. Okay. When am I going to need to replace the the carpet? When You know, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was reading through this list. I thought it said, hi- Energy costs, but I mean, they're probably what, you know, you've got utilities, all that stuff, but you said high entry costs, which you kind of, oh you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it it actually is possible to put together no money out of pocket type Mm -hmm. deals in multifamily real estate. It just gets more complex. And especially if you're beginning on that type of thing, it may be difficult to put something like that together. Not impossible. You can do owner financing. You could bring in money partners. You could do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you have no track record, uh, you might have a hard time, you know, getting people to buy into <laughs> to right. what you're trying to and do. And you need money reserves because you're right. going to be, you're providing the most important, one of the most important things for people, which is shelter. Yep. So if there's an issue, you need to be able to pay yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, what happens if the elevator breaks or what happens if there's a big water mm-hmm. pipe break and you can't, you don't have any money to fix it. Right. Like, you know, and obviously insurance, but still there's copays. There's, you know, you're going to need to figure that out. Um, and like, yeah, an elevator breaking would be nearly impossible, especially if you have somebody that's, you know, physically challenged that can't get to, yeah, you know, like that would be a big problem. You would need so. to rehouse them. So that's just something to know. Okay. So that's, that was kind of like the pros and the cons. Let's do kind of the flip side for land investing along hmm. the same kind of lines. So we're starting with what is land flipping? You touched on it a little, so just like a really quick blurb. Yeah. Yeah. Land flipping essentially short-term holds of land. Mm-hmm. You know, we're buying properties. Sometimes we're doing some minor improvements to them and then we are reselling them as quickly as possible. I like to say we buy it off market, we sell it on market. Exactly. So you're buying it wholesale per se, not really, but kind of. And then you're you're offering it as a retail offering. Yeah, we're buying for an aggressive price and we're mm-hmm. able to do that because we're able to pay cash and close quickly. Now land is generally... It's a little bit of, uh, it's a less liquid asset than some of these other forms of like, like a house is, is a pretty liquid asset actually, Mm -hmm. because there's a market for it. You put it up for a price and you're going to find a buyer, you know, like the right price, someone's going to come and, you know, pay that price in seven days and close, Mm -hmm. you know. It might be like 10% of the value, but yeah, yeah, but you, you normally can liquidate it a lot quicker than a piece of land. Right. And so land is typically less of a liquid asset, Mm -hmm. but, but if you're buying at the right price, you know, a lot of a lot of times we are, our lead generation is mostly direct mail. Mm-hmm. So we send out letters to people, actual offers to people. And these are to properties that are most of the time, people are not doing anything with these properties. These are properties that they've owned for a while. They don't have any active plans to build anything on them. They're not even using the properties in a lot of cases. They may be 
out of state or they may be out of the area type owners. Uh, they might have inherited it, all kinds of situations. But they, you know, get back to us because they're like, OK, I'll, I'll sell this property. I'll, I'm sick of paying these property taxes any year and I get no no every year and I get no benefit from this property. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, those are the, the types of sellers we generally work with. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. So we get them under contract for a good price. We go through a process of our due diligence, we call it, which basically ensuring that the property is what we thought it is. And then we close the deal through a a closing company, you know, escrow title or attorney, depending on what that state is. The other important thing I should note here is that we buy properties all over the country. We're in Southern California. We gen- rarely ever see any of these properties in person, but we've got a whole system in place to actually still be able to inspect these properties. We pay people to inspect them for us. We use local brokers and things like that to help us as well. So we've got a whole system for that, but we close the deal and then we determine if we need to do any minor things to that property. So minor things could generally be something like um, clearing some brush. It could be getting a survey done. It could be getting a perk test on the property, something along those lines. These are minor type things generally. Sometimes we'll, we'll do uh, a lot splits, uh, and these are only generally in areas where the lot split process is pretty easy, where we hire a surveyor. They split it, split up one property into five properties. We sell off the properties individual and we create individually, and we create the value that way. So that that's an, another technique we use. But we put the property on the market with the local broker, local land focused broker. And then we, yeah, we, we find a buyer and then we close the deal. So generally we're trying to do that within 90 days. I know it seems really quick, but that's over time. That's what the average has been. We don't hold out for top price either. A lot of people get hung up on that. We're not a lot of people who sell land. You'll see it. It'll be up there for years. And they're waiting for that, <laughs> yes. that uh, unicorn buyer that does happen. Right. Someone just decides they're going to do a project. But anyway, so they will take Uh, They'll want like the top dollar, right? We don't do that. We're trying to move it fast. So 90 days. And what's our average profit on on each property? Yeah. So we average at about 40%, somewhere around there. You know, each property is different. That's a blended kind of average over time. So 40% gross profit margin. 50% gross profit margin would be a double of our money. Uh So we're a little bit shy of that. So, So. um, and what is the normal dollar amount? I'm trying to get to a dollar. 
Oh, you mean as far as average profit per deal? Yeah. yeah our average profit per deal this year is $24,000 and some change. Okay. For, and it's right around 90 days. Yeah. You know, some of them are, are longer, some of them are shorter, but these are the averages. Yes. It doesn't always work out that way. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's the thing. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're able to get that quick sale because we price them at a good mm-hmm. price on the market. Well, first of all, we're buying properties that we know are good properties. Mm-hmm. And we're pricing them at, at a pretty good price when they get on the market. So they will attract attention and get the sale. So we did a podcast, I think, on don't buy these properties or mm, we, we yes. talked about what are good properties, what are bad properties. I would I would go there because that really kind of explains a lot about how yeah. what we buy and what we don't buy. I, I want to get into the the pros and cons mm. or the pro the pros. Okay, okay. So no dealing with tenants, no building maintenance, and it offers a stress-free approach compared to the rental properties. Yeah. I wouldn't say you know I probably shouldn't have put like stress-free because mm-hmm. it's not stress-free. There's no business that's stress-free. I'm glad I would actually say, that you put that because then yeah. we could say that. Yeah, it's it's actually know? less stress, mm-hmm. I, I in my opinion. Now, maybe someone else has a different opinion. But well, it's numbers. Yeah. It's not normally dealing with someone's like house that's, you know what I mean? That like those kind of weird things don't, nothing pops up about that's that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's just a numbers game. And what can we buy it for? What can we sell it for? You know, does it work or not? Yeah, does it work? Does it does it work? I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with uh, fielding phone calls from tenants saying that, oh, I can't pay this month, and or you I know, can you give me an extension or for the fifth time, the toilet. So I shove rags into it or something, you know, like <laughs> right, and you can do it from anywhere. Yeah, that's that's a big pro. I you mean, don't like, need to go to the to the big apartment building to fix something or. No, we never see these properties. And we've mm-hmm. seen a couple of them that we've, a uh, number of them, when we went on a big road trip, and that was neat and everything. But we don't, there, there's no real reason for us to see them at all. It doesn't help us sell them more. No, and probably it's the opposite. Right. Because I tend to fall in love with things, and so do you. Like, I lost <laughs> yeah. you in a forest one time. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go in after your father, guys. Th- this is a true story. We, we went to one that you were like, I want to see this one property. And I was like, okay. And the girls and I were kind of tired. It was hot. We pull up. We're sitting in the parking lot. And then, like, you walked into this abyss and it was like 18 minutes later and i was telling the kids i'm like well i guess i'm gonna have to go in if i don't come back then you know call 911 and then out you know was pete from this like literally came up from this wooded forest you you're like you got to see these pictures i found a a stream didn't you find a stream yeah it was like a 20 acre property and you were like following the stream and i was like we can't go to any more i Uh that's what i said right then i'm like we can't because for me, when I see it, like you were showing me one that had deer on it. And I was like, uh-huh. we can't sell this. It has deer on it. Yeah. I need these deer. This one deer was like looking like, who are you? And I was like, we need to keep it now. Yeah. No. So it's, you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to show up there. I like that you uh, said. Profit margin is pretty good. Yeah. That, that's one of the things I'm mm-hmm. not sure you even put, even put on this list. Like the fact that we're getting these type of returns in 90 days is pretty astronomical, really. I'm going to take my cheat sheet here because I need to get through all these really quick oh, okay. here. Right. Um, okay. So no money out of pocket investing, right? Which oh, is yes. a lot easier, like with Partner with Pete, right? Yeah. So that Partner with Pete program allows you as, an, as a real estate investor to, to actually use none of your own money in the land flipping you know, process at all. Mm-hmm. So, and by using none of your own money, you have no risk of the deal either. So it's like, there's no downside and only upside. And, uh, you know, right. Okay. And you said flexibility and diversity in land types and locations. We kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a anywhere. lot of different ways that, you know, there are, there's a lot of different types of ways to do land investing. Some, some land investors focus on just certain geographical areas. Some land investors focus on, you know, infill lots, you know, like only around like a, cities or towns or, you know, smaller lots. Some land investors only do large properties where they can do lot splits. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of ways to do this business. Some pe- some land investors, we were talking about this this morning, they'll just buy raw pieces of land and then they'll 
put a mobile home on and then resell, you know, resell them that way. Right. And uh, along that lines, there's less competition in the market because, yes. and, and even if you feel like you're in a saturated, saturated section, you could do that. You could say, okay, I'm going to take my land and I'm going to start partnering with a mobile home company and I'm going to build, you know, or small homes, yes, whatever. And then you sell it. Like there's a lot of ways that you can use land. I used to think of land as kind of a, eh, not the best because it's like, oh, if the market crashed, because we lived through 08. And I thought the same thing. We didn't understand right? it. We didn't understand it. And that was, it. I was like, well, then what are we going to do? It's not like we can rent it out with a tent. Well, yeah. heck yes, you could yes. as an Airbnb or something. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to. Sorry, not my thing. But camp, okay. no, no. Okay. So we've got some cons. Uh, you have to learn what you're doing, but we have land conquest for you. Yeah. So we tried to, we tried to fill that gap. And obviously- mm-hmm. Anytime you're learning something new, you really need to dive in and like really learn it. So but I love doing that. And I get, I'm, fun. I have an obsessive personality in that sense that if I'm interested in it, like that's all I want to talk about. I realized we were at a, a gathering a couple of days ago and you and I were like still chatting about it. I'm like, we actually really like real estate. Everyone else was, was talking about like their hip hurting or so, I don't know, some random stuff or drinking or whatever. And I pickleball. was like, pickleball, oh my gosh, please, I can't handle it anymore. And I was like, we really like this. So you need to have that. If you have that drive, I always say you don't gamble. No. You're not a gambler. This is where you get your thrill. Right, right. Okay. Land is far different than homes or multifamily real estate. So that's kind of a con. If you're into that, you can't just jump in. Yeah, it's not really exactly transferable. Right. You got to really learn what you're doing before you start start getting into But this. having said that, if you have that, I feel like your brain would easily mold to this. Yeah. And you can use a lot of those skills. We talked about this. Land is less liquid. It's a longer hold time if you're trying to get top dollar. Yeah. So don't limited financing options for buyers. So like when you go to resell it, it's not as many options. Yeah. Small credit unions, small local banks sometimes, but most of our people are cash buyers. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of our buyers are cash buyers or maybe they're taking a home equity loan on their house Mm -hmm. or sometimes, you know, they get these loans that are kind of, yeah, like a mobile home and land type combo Mm -hmm. loans, but a lot of them are just cash. Right. You know, they could be neighbors buying a property or, you know, who knows what the situation is. So. Whatever. Right. Okay. So let's do, um, and then there's no tax advantages like 1031 exchanges. Yeah. So that's, that's one big thing that, uh, you know, people talk about with the land flipping business. Uh, it's not as, as big of a deal for us. It's, it should be considered like a business, just like you're buying and selling, say these microphones. It's how you make your money. Right. You, it's how you get the cash. Right. It's your cash. Like it's a cash, cash business. Mm-hmm. There's no strategic tax advantages for buying and selling microphones. It's the same thing with land. Like there's no tax advantages for selling land, but you know, there are on the the multifamily side of things. And and mm-hmm. that's rare. Like, and they pair together well. Yeah. People love kind of that long-term wealth real estate stuff because there are those mm-hmm. tax advantages there. But uh, for most things that you buy and sell, for most businesses that you have, there's no real tax advantages for, for just your day-to-day business. And, and land flipping is the same on that regard. And the way that we do it, I'll just quickly touch on this, is make the money and then invest it in multifamily. Exactly. You know, or or some other tax advantageous uh, thing. Okay, Vehicle. so let's do a, a really quick comparison because I do want to get to those questions. Sure. Uh, simplicity and flexibility. Land flipping is simpler. It offers more flexibility compared to the complexity of 1031 exchanges and rental properties. Right. Yeah, you don't have to be an established mm-hmm. investor in any way in order to get started with land flipping. In fact, you know, like with our partner with Pete program, you do, you don't have to have any sort of credit credentials. You don't have to have any sort of, no one's checking your credit score. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of, like, I don't care if you've never done a deal. It's, you know, if you bring a deal, it's, a deal. Uh, it's about the deal. It's not about anything else. And that also is, um, 
it's lower risk for you because right. you're not, as the investor, you're not putting the money out, PETA's. Right. You know, you said it's about the, the deal. There's talk of doing insurance companies changing it because I'm going to drop a random fact in states like California, Florida, stuff like that, um, where the insurance risk could be tied to the actual property, not the area. So if you were to do things to your house to make it more fireproof or hurricane proof, you could pay a lower rate mm, okay. to encourage so that I guess maybe that would help with more land op- or options in land that could be built. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you for that random fact. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Like, mm. Okay. So there's, you, we talked about lower risk and stress levels, stress levels. I actually think that's hilarious. I'm the one who gets stressed out, not you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's true. Okay. And, and that is true. That is something why I've shied away from, from tenant occupied is because there is stress with that. And I feel a moral obligation to take care of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like People like to say in land, there's no tenants, termites, or toilets. Termites, tenants, I or mean, toilets. I mean, we bought pieces of land where they had toilets on there, but they were dumped there. Yeah. Does that count? Um, <laughs> Maybe termites and some of the logs on the properties. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true, though. It is. The, it's it's a lot less stressful on that side of things, not dealing with the the, the people aspect of it when you do land. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for real estate that's less stressful. Right. On that side, and right. deals are always stressful. And in, and in fact, I like the the when there's a, a stressful moment in the deals because that means that it's kind of like we're able to c- overcome the barrier to entry. Because mm-hmm. if it was so simple, then no one would do it, or everyone would do a it. A little bit of secret too, like mm-hmm. once you start getting built up in the land flipping business, you've got 10, 20 properties that you're under contract to sell at the same time. It's less stressful because each deal doesn't mean as much. You know, mm-hmm. when you've got. When you've got a one huge $10 million apartment building and you're under contract to sell it and the buyer is putting you through the ringer. And you need this money. And you need this money to do the next deal Uh or to, you know, pay off debt, some Mm -hmm. debts you've accrued on the personal side. It's stressful. Like everything riding on that deal. And it's out of your control. Whereas if you have it broken down into multiple different deals, a lot of people like that for investing, especially today, Mm -hmm. because all of that commercial, everything is so up in the air. Yeah. You just, you're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And this goes along the same thing. It's a cash business, not in the sense that we're not buying it at a table with cash, but in the sense that it's quick buys and sells. Mm -hmm. It's no long-term hold. It's like you buy it quick for this good price. You sell it quick again for a good price. Everybody's happy. And then profit potential, the quick turnaround. And our target is always to double our money in 90 days, which we, we come close to. Oh, so on some know? properties, we do it. Right. You know, that's always what I'm striving for. And then, you know, some properties, they don't end up being so mm-hmm. great. And we maybe not make a lot, but. It averages um, out to about 40%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. There you go. You, you've got the last little snippets okay. there while I pull this yeah, out. Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, there are pros and cons to each. Multifamily real estate investing is a, is a very is a very great way to make money. It's just different. You know, you got to have a different perspective, more of a long-term perspective rather than the short-term perspective that we have in the land flipping business. And like you mentioned before, there's some great tax advantages for multifamily side of things. So we actually kind of use a combination of approaches. Uh, We're heavily focused on the land flipping side of things, which obviously creates a, a bunch of profit, which is great. But then we use some of those multifamily type properties and other um, investments like that to get accelerated depreciation and offset our tax liability on the, on the land flipping side. So I think they can work in tandem. I don't think it has to be an either or, and one is not necessarily better than the other. They're just different, you know, and then hopefully in this episode, we highlight those differences and pros and cons of each. Right. I think it's, uh, if you're in, if you are interested in multifamily, I think there is a really good crossover mm-hmm. and look into land because I yeah. think you might enjoy it. Yeah. 
Okay. Ready for some questions from let's, the community. Let's do it, Heather. Fire okay. away. Um, Dave says, how often do you mail? I'm sure this question has been asked in the community millions of times. How often do you mail? I heard, I think I heard Pete say that he mails every three months. Curious to know how long you would wait to remail the same area again. And would you make a slight offer price adjustment? Well, I've got good news and bad news for Dave. Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. The good news is, Pete can answer this question. And the bad news is it's not every three months. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard wrong. Um, I think maybe you heard uh, a variation of what, what's going on here with this question. So how often do we mail? We send out a batch of mail every two weeks. That's really one of the keys to this business. You've got to get the deal flow coming in regularly. You any know? real estate deal. I mean, any real estate industry, you have to have that pipeline. We learned yep. early and we've had a mistake. Remember, yep. we went on that cross country road trip and I was like, Pete, I don't want you working. Enjoy the trip. Don't send mail. Mm -hmm. And then right. what happened? Yeah. And it's not like I'm even sending, you know, what happened was Pete, our- stop writing out the yeah, letters. Can yeah. And, and what happened was that our, you know, it became a roller coaster, you know, like we had a bunch of leads and everything. We went on a trip and then we came back. We're like, oh, no, now it's going to be this big lead time until we start getting leads and deals. In I feel again. like it took so. three months to get back. It did. It takes At so least. long to recover. You would think, oh, it would only take a month to recover. But it's this it's the weirdest thing. It's like the pipeline and everything needs to get rebuilt. And you're just just don't do it. Keep keep the mail going out at a regular interval and everything in this business will, will work so much easier. It's than, smoother. Than that. And then it's also the distribution of resources. Yes. Or of needed resources. Because if you send it all out and then, OK, you're just doing this all, you know what I mean? It's then you're sitting there. Yeah. And, and we use a, a mailing service to mail everything. So we just basically send them an Excel file with our list and they merge the letters together with our offer and everything like that. So it's not like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Heather's over here, you know, licking envelopes and putting Pe on stamps. Stuffing them. Yeah. Hand hand, envelopes. yeah. There's some investors that do that, mm -hmm. but I, I would recommend like spending your time in other ways. So. Right. And I pay attention. I open all of our mail and I actually pay attention to that and that the handwritten that's not from somebody I know actually makes me think scam. Mm. Just to put it, that out there, mm. because I'm so used to getting the printed stuff, if it's like a bill or if it's something like that. Do you ever remail to the same place? We do remail to the, to the areas that we like. And um, we do that every three months or so, the mm -hmm. areas that we like. And sometimes we'll change the price. Sometimes we won't, depending on how we uh, how we did with that that previous batch. But I don't have any hard and fast rule on that. I kind of look at it on a case by case basis. We don't remail every area. You know, a lot of times we're sending out kind of test mail to different areas, and sometimes it just doesn't hit. Like sometimes the mail we just don't get a good response rate. Which tie into the yeah. next question mm -hmm. in a certain area, and we don't rebail it. Okay, so Jane says response rate. Hello, everyone. We're seeking assistance and advice. Our team is in the process of preparing to send out our first set of mail, and we're uncertain about the 
expected response rate. Is there anyone who can provide an estimate on the response rate for our offer? This will help us assess the workload for evaluating deals. For instance, if we send up 5,000 letters in our initial mail, how busy would we expect to be when it comes to evaluating deals? Thank you so much in advance for your response. I wouldn't know what to expect because it really depends on your list. You might have a super, super refined list where you're only you know, laser targeted and all these are super great leads. You might get a great response rate. There's a lot of different variables. So mm -hmm. it's it's your list. It's also, you know, we send out blind offers to people. So it depends how accurate you are with your pricing. Depends what right. percentage of retail you're offering these people. Depends on your, you know, the letter that you send out, the branding, all kinds of stuff like that. So there's just way too many variables. Now, for instance, if I took a particular county and I'm, you know, and it's a really slow county with like not much going on or something like that and i'm offering someone 75 percent of retail pricing you're going to get a very very good response rate you're going to get a lot of people calling you but you know you're not going to want to buy most of these properties because the price is going to be way, way too high and and you know the people the sellers are unrealistic or something on the flip side you know uh, if you are sending like a super hot county where there's a lot of action going on, you send them a 25% of market value, you're going to get like absolutely no phone calls. And if you do get any phone calls, they'll be angry. It, they'll be angry at you or it'll be just like a junky property you don't want to buy. I wish there was some sort of guidance I could give you on that. 5,000 letters is, is a good start and you'll definitely get calls and everything like that. It's just kind of depends on a lot of those other factors. How many calls you're going to get, how many deals you're going to get, things like that. The more you do this, you'll get a feel for it. You'll right. know, you'll be like, okay, I can send out this amount with my resources to be able to handle this. And then you're going to have the ebbs and flows until you get that pipeline built up. You're going to be spending a lot of time on the first part of it. And then you'll, you know, you'll move them through the pipeline. And if you do it right, you'll already be preparing to send the next batch out and you go from there. Okay. Yep. So Ryan says, how do mineral rights impact valuation? I have a lead on a five acre wooded lot in Western Pennsylvania, but the seller made a point to write to me saying that he doesn't own the mineral rights to the land. I haven't dug a ton into mineral rights and a five acres is a relatively small lot. Is this a red flag for potential properties usually? Okay, so this kind of is a case-by-case -case basis. It's not like one size fits all type of offer, I mean, or, or response. What, what you're going to have to do in these situations is, you know, before you really learn an area and what's maybe customary for an area, you want to basically talk to a knowledgeable broker in that area and see like, hey, are most of these properties being sold without mineral rights? If we resell this property without mineral rights, is it going to, are we going to get a lot less for it? You know, kind of what's, what's the deal? And a lot of these areas, most all properties have had the mineral rights sold off by someone, you know, like- Years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, so it could have been, you know, a lot of times what happens is it's like, these started off as huge chunks of land, mm -hmm. Someone sold off those mineral rights to some large company at some point, and then they subdivided the properties. And basically, there's no mineral rights left to sell. It's just land that you're selling. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there may not be any active things going on. Like maybe maybe they sold off the mineral rights because a, a coal company wanted to, you know, like mine the area or something like that. There's not many new coal mines starting up, so no, it may not be like something you're, you have to worry about a too much. proactive investment on these companies 100 right. years ago or whatever right. it was. They're thinking, well... Because coal was such a big deal, let's preemptively buy the mineral rights for the 5,000 acres or 500,000 acres or whatever. Yeah. And, and you're right. A broker might be like, no, this is, we, it, it never is there. It's not right. a big deal. Or they might say, no, you want that. No one's going to buy it without it. Yeah. You know, I recently had one 
similar situation. Like I don't, there's so many different areas in the mm-hmm. country and each area is different. I asked a broker that really knows what they're doing. I'm like, Hey, this property doesn't have mineral rights. He's like, none of the properties here are min- right. mineral rights. They've all been sold off a long time ago. The beauty of it is that they've never found any sort of valuable minerals around here. So I think the risk of anything ever coming, coming into that it. is uh, very, very low. Right. So. And the people buying it then would understand that too. Yeah. And that's common. You know, here it'd be weird if they said there was no mineral rights. Mm-hmm. In Southern California, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, like that would be a cause for concern. Like, because uh-huh. someone could theoretically like dig under our house or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in Western Pennsylvania, that might be something where it's like, yeah. The broker's like, yeah. Yeah. There, there never is. Okay. So Gene says, call back before removing from mailing list. I'm curious how you would handle this issue. Twice this week, I've had individuals call asking to be removed from the list. One gave a name, not one I have, and said to remove them from the list. Another gave no information and asked to be removed from the list. I have their phone number, but that's it. How would you go about trying to remove them from the list or would you just not since they didn't provide the necessary reference number to be removed? Okay. Yeah. So like Jean mentioned, you know, sometimes people will call and say, Hey, take me off your list. And that's, we generally honor those, those requests. You know, we're not going to keep mailing those people if they don't want to get our mail and it saves us money because that's probably not ever going to turn into a lead. We use a call answering service. And one of the things that they're always asking is, okay, what was the reference number on their letter? We'll get you taken off the list. So they give the reference number. Sometimes people will be angry and they're like, just don't call me. You have all the information, whatever. So obviously when they say stuff like that, there's no way for us to look it up. Like we're not going to like try to we uh, don't have their number. Yeah. There's no cross-reference on our yeah, list. Yeah, our list, the, yeah, do not have phone numbers. They right. have mailing addresses right. so and there would property be... information and stuff. So it's impossible to even, like, I mean, maybe it could be figured out, but it's not worth the time or effort. If someone, mm-hmm. if someone is not going <laughs> to take the basic step of at least saying who their name is or, or something like that uh, or their property address or anything like that, like, you know, it's not worth the time. No, so. and I wouldn't call them back. No, don't Because call that's back, like poking yeah. a bear. They're already pissed off at... By the way, it's not at you. Yeah. You're not, you didn't do anything wrong. You sent him a letter. (laughs) I mean, if you showed up at their door, I'd be like, that's, you know, a little invasive. (laughs) But you sent him a letter in the mail, which I don't think there's any sort of do not mail list. No, no. So. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, Blow it off. So yeah, just blow it off. You know, some people are going to be like that. And you're just like, well, they, they wasted their time calling because I can't cross reference that, but just. You know, focus on stuff that's mm-hmm. that's going to be impactful for your business and not trying to research who this person was that, you know. Right. And if matter. they did um, give you that information, respect it. Yeah. That was I a, feel a like good we idea. like real, I was like trying to make sure that we got under our hour and provided as much information as possible. Well, yeah, there we go, Heather. Uh, let's recap a little bit of where people can find us and everything as well, or well, where they can find our resources that we they give up for free. Okay. So where can they find you on social media? Social media is Reese Peter. So at Reese Peter, which is my name backwards. We're still trying to find a new one for him. Yeah, so if you have ideas. Yeah, if, you, if, if you have a good idea for it, let me know. Uh-huh. Instagram message him that. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, it's a lovely life everywhere. Okay. Pretty All much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we're also, uh, we've got accounts on TikTok and everything, but, but we, well, I mean, I do, but I've, Facebook, I've never posted Facebook it. Page. No, I posted one of my cat. If you like cat videos, I've got one on, on TikTok. Okay. There you go. There you go. On YouTube, we're putting a lot of effort into YouTube. We do monthly income mm-hmm. reports there where we break down we? Every, well where i mm-hmm. and my team mm-hmm. helps me kind of compile this this information together but break down every all the numbers of the business each month like what we did in revenue how much profit we did you know all the property properties we bought and sold like those what are we like it fan for. favorites because it goes into the deep that and you're you have a that 50 first deals mm, yes yeah. so if you want to see all the income reports where there's mm-hmm. a, a long established library of them now get, getting close to two years of these income reports where it's like 
all of our revenue, profit, each deal, where we bought it for, what we sold it for, how much profit we made, how many days your, we held it for, like all kinds of this stuff. It. My like, thoughts on mm-hmm. it, like what happened with that deal, Good, what went bad. great, what yeah. didn't go great. So each month we do a blog post on that, an extensive blog post, and then as well a video associated with that. So the videos on YouTube, I also embed that on the blog post, mm-hmm. and you can find those on turningprofit.com. There's a category for income report, so go check it out there. And oh, and then on turningprofit.com as well, we've got our um, – 50 first deals, which was a video that I filmed of like our first 50 deals that we did in our land flipping business. All the details about that, that, you know, like bought it for, sold it for, profit, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's pretty valuable. Um, so if they went to just land conquest or turning profit, I guess, that mm-hmm. would be turningprofit.com would have all of the links to everything. Yeah, exactly. And Start then the land there. conquest is a big one as well. Landconquest.com, join our community. And you'll get uh, links to all of our resources and all that stuff there as well. Yep. And we're here every week. Every so week. Every Tuesday, Tuesday we Tuesday release morning. a new episode. Yep. Have a good week and we'll see you guys next next week. Next week. We'll see you then. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.